in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Arndt Peltner. In today's program we're talking about art. A great exhibition is opening this weekend at the Legion of Honor in San Francisco, titled The State Museums of Berlin and the Legacy of James Simon. I talked to the curator of the exhibit, so stay tuned. About 150 artworks from nine different museums in Berlin are currently shown at the Legion of Honor in San Francisco. This exhibition is the first and only in North America, focusing on James Simon, a German Jew, who was a patron of the arts, connoisseur, collector and philanthropist, best known for his sponsorship of excavations in Egypt, the Near East and Central Asia, that brought great riches from the ancient world to Berlin including the bust of Nefertiti and the Ishtar Gate of Babylon and its processional way. James Simon died in 1932, but his legacy lived on as someone who brought amazing art to the German capital. This current exhibition at the Legion of Honor in San Francisco is the first of its kind, focusing not on a topic, rather the man James Simon and his love for art. I talked to René Dreyfus, the curator of this art presentation, about James Simon and his art collection. James Simon was a wealthy industrialist, a businessman in Berlin. His family business was uh, Gebrüder Simon, and uh, this was in the late 19th, early 20th century, and they were the largest purveyors of cotton throughout Germany, and they were among the wealthiest people in all of Germany uh, at that time. And um, he was, James Simon was, a um, incredibly generous man. He gave away easily a third of his substantial income uh, to charitable organizations and um, uh, museums. Um, you know, for many, many years, it was part of his tradition, part of his family's tradition. And uh, a lot of his money went for social welfare. It went to, um, to help um, people in need. Um, he was a German Jew, but his money was not limited to Jewish causes. Wherever he saw a need, he felt that he should do something to help. And um, so consequently, uh, there are clinics and hospitals and schools, um, uh, orphanages, bathhouses, uh, you know, a variety of causes that can still be traced today to his generosity. Um, he and his first cousin, whose name was Edward Zeman, um, were instrumental in donating large numbers of objects to the Berlin State Museums. And um, today, people are, are amazed to see how many thousands of objects came thanks to them, uh, especially James, who not only donated objects that were from his own collection, but also 
donated money to buy things that the museum directors wanted, especially Wilhelm von Bode, who was the prime mover of uh, the museums at that time. Uh, of course, the Bode Museum is named after him. He was the founder of the museum that had been there before, which was uh, the Kaiser Friedrich Museum. And um, uh, so whenever he came to the door, uh, everybody knew that objects were going to walk out the door. <laughs> the Kaiser also, uh, Kaiser Wilhelm II, uh, also would go and visit Edward and J James Simon, and he would say things like, um, oh, that's a nice sculpture. I, I think uh, that would look very nice in my museum, which was the clue that you better send it. And then he would say, that's a nice painting, but don't you think you'd rather have one of me there? Uh, that was the kind of uh, way that they interacted. And uh, certainly James Seaman was considered, um, it was an interesting category in those days, but a Jewish acquaintance, a Jewish friend of the Kaiser. So um, they were very important people, um, both Edward and James and um, both in the business world, but also uh, in the social world. And they had a network of friends who they encouraged to um, act as they did. And they went to ask them for help with the donation of, of art, uh, but also of money to buy art. And from that, grew uh, a society, a museum society, that uh, continues to this day that helps the Berlin museums acquire great works of art. In our exhibition, you'll find that there are treasures from nine of, I believe it's 15 state museums now, they've incorporated some of them, 15 state museums in Berlin. So this exhibition has a wide variety of objects, uh, starting with ancient Egypt and the Middle East, through Central Asia, into um, Europe, uh, and, and um, you know, from ancient times all the way up to the 19th century. Did they focus on specific art or art form, or were they all over the place with their collections? Well, um, when you look at the archival photographs, you'll see how James Seaman lived with his Egyptian objects in his home. Um, but they were largely um, overshadowed in some way, even uh, the bust of Nefertiti, which we can talk about. But th there were far more um, of the uh, medieval, uh, Gothic, a lot of Gothic, and Renaissance objects. It, were, it was the art of that period that um, you see on the walls and all around the, the, um, the rooms uh, from that period of time. It was very much in fashion to live with these great treasures from this earlier time. But um, James Zeman and his uncle, who was Edward's father, his name was Lewis, were especially interested in 
the excavations in the Near East. They wanted to know, it, did Babylon really exist? Was it just a legend? Was the Tower of Babel just legendary? And so they were already interested in donating money towards excavations in that area of the world. And in fact, they did find um, a temple called a ziggurat, which they believed was the, um, the actual Tower of Babel. You know the story of, you know, there was one language and as the tower grew higher and higher, um, when they got to the top, people couldn't even communicate with each other anymore because they had so many different languages. They found the foundation of that tower they also found the Ishtar Gate and the Processional Way, which has now been reconstructed in the Pergamon Museum in Berlin. The exhibition has lions, two lions, from the Processional Way that was, is part of what they discovered in the excavations. Uh, and it was James Seaman who paid to bring 400 crate loads of glazed brick, which then, like a great jigsaw puzzle, was being put together to make the um, reconstruction that you see today. So James Simon did not just fund and buy art, he also went out on excavations? He, he did. Um, the the um, archives say that he actually was at the excavations. He paid for the excavations that he knew, you know, he wanted, he, he was a man who, who had a great drive to know things, to become educated. He had only had a high school education. It was a good high school and, you know, he learned Latin and studied the uh, ancient world. But because of his family business, he was forced to work right away and so he, wasn't able to give to be given of of a higher degree to go into a formal education so basically he was educating himself through his art as i say he became a great connoisseur in many ways um boda um was somebody who was who agreed to advise him to counsel him on what to buy for his own collection in return, he was to donate things to the museum, but more and more he found the confidence to go out and buy things on his own. So he bought things in European markets, but also in Baghdad. He was literally there. Um, so we know that he, he didn't just sit at home and, and give the money, he was vitally interested in these things. Um, he also donated money to excavate the capital city of the heretical King Akhenaten. Heretical in that he believed in, that there was only one god, it was the sun god Aten. And uh, his um, claim to fame was, was um, worshiping the god and trying to eliminate all of the other gods, even the god of Thebes, who was the great god Amun, who was the god over the kings of the new kingdom. Um, and and um, James Seaman held the sole license 
for those excavations. This is where the bust of Nefertiti came from. They actually discovered a workshop that had been untouched since ancient times. And um, in our exhibition, we have another Nefertiti head um, because the bust of Nefertiti was too fragile to travel. But it's from the same hand as the man who created it, and it's, it's in a less finished state, but very beautiful and very interesting. So um, with the share of the discoveries at Amarna, there are photographs that actually show James Seaman in his room surrounded by some of these great treasures. And uh, then um, he, in 1920, he just took that entire collection and donated it to the museum. The Egyptian Museum in Berlin is one of the great Egyptian museums in the world, and it's because of these gifts. Certainly it started with these gifts. Why is this exhibition now here in San Francisco? Well, the uh, answer to why is this exhibition in San Francisco has to do with the, where the idea for the exhibition arose. And the great-grandson of Edward is Tim Simon, who lives in San Francisco and who went to Berlin to seek his family's roots. Other members of his family's hadn't his family hadn't been so driven to find out what what their roots were. And when uh, Tim and his wife Anne and their family went there, they discovered um, oh, the Ida Zeman Women's Clinic, which is directly across the Spray River from the Boda Museum. But they also discovered that in all of the museums, there were these thousands of objects that their ans his ancestors had donated. And they were given uh, from their own private collections. They were also uh, bought for the museums when the museum directors, especially Boda, wanted them. And they came to the museum as, as a result of the excavation, these great excavations. In our show, we're focusing on James Zeman because this is, seems to be the most um, well-documented of the cousins and his gifts to the museums. Um, Edward also donated. He was part of the museum society that donated money. A lot of the time he like he gave anonymously. It's harder to be able to to document his gifts. Uh, probably in number, James Eamon gave far more. He he um, was quite generous, but um, it's it's only now with the merger of the museums, you know, in the divided time. There was the Egyptian Museum in the East and then one in the West. I mean, the, the European art here and European art there. So as the collections were merged and the museums in Berlin are being restored and refurnished, um, the Neues Museum, which was bombed out, Shell, is now going to be a gorgeous museum on Museum Insel. Um, 
as the collections were reinstalled in one place, that's when they could finally start to look at the depth of the collection, how important the collections are to world art, and how the collections grew. And that's when they started to look to see who were the major donors. They, because of the fact that Berlin also wants to have this exhibition, of course, it's important for them now to show honor towards their great donors. Um, they allowed us to organize the exhibition here um, because this is where Tim, Tim Simon lives. The exhibition goes back to Berlin and it'll be installed in the Altus Museum where Nefertiti is currently installed. She will not be moved, she really is fragile and the art will be displayed around her. Um, the other thing to talk about, uh, as far as James Seaman is concerned, is that there is going to be a new museum on Museum Insel, which will be in front of the Neues Museum, that will be the James Seaman Gallery. It'll be an orientation area, and it will also have some gallery space. And that will open in 2012. And then finally, this man is going to be given the glory that he really deserves. From the time Tim Simon found out about his relatives and the art collections they left in Berlin to the exhibition today, how long did it take and how difficult was it to realize this idea? Well, in 2000. In six, um, Tim Simon and his wife Anne, the director of our museum, John Buchanan, and his wife Lucy, and I went to Berlin to learn more about the collections that came as a result of James Zeman's generosity. And we met with the directors of all of these museums, and they showed us the objects that were there um, because of him. And we talked about the exhibition um, at that point, and basically we shook hands and said, let's do it. It took us two years to do this exhibition, and it's just exactly two years because it was in October that we went the first time. Um, It also, um, it marks our second anniversary of having first gone to Berlin. Um, I'll tell you what I also discovered is that uh, the exhibition here opens October 18th. By pure coincidence, that is the birth birthday of Kaiser Friedrich. And it was the day that the Kaiser Friedrich Museum opened in 1904. So what could be better than that? <laughs> How did you pick the artworks for this exhibition? Did you just go through the archive saying, I want this and this and that over there? No, no. There, as I said, there are objects that were too fragile to come. Uh, works of art painting on, on, on panel, you know, that, you know, because of the change in the conditions and the different climates, you can't have that You can't take things because they'll crack. Um, 
and then there were paintings that were in t the condition was too bad. There were objects that needed were needed for other exhibitions that are happening simultaneously. And there were works that are so well known that, you know, you just, we couldn't borrow those things. Some of those, I'm sure when the, when the exhibition goes back to Berlin, they can supplement the show. But um, it wasn't exactly, I'll take this, 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 and this, wouldn't that be nice? But uh, working together with our colleagues in Berlin, we came up with a spectacular group of objects that is, I mean, you've got this compelling story being told as you walk through the exhibition and uh, in every gallery are some of the superb works of world art. How was it to work together with the Berlin Museums? Was it satisfying for you? Did you get in the end what you imagined? Yes, I'm very grateful to them and I'm incredibly uh, satisfied. Sure, I would have liked to have had some, some of the other works, but uh, you know, I, we all understand, I mean, there are some works in our museum that we can't lend because of their condition also. So, you know, it's not unusual for a museum to withhold objects, but by and large, the generosity of the museums and what they agreed to send, some of the works are like Queen T, um, and from the Numismatic Museum, um, great medals with Alexander the Great and his mother Olympias. These are world-renowned works of art that are coming here and only here. This exhibition doesn't go anywhere else until it goes back to Berlin. What is for you the most extraordinary piece you are showing here? Depends what gallery I'm in. <laughs> um, let me say that because of my interest with, in antiquities, I don't go far afield from that. And um, although my interest in interpreting the art for the public get, gets me uh, throughout the entire exhibition, and I'm all very excited. But the head of Queen T is undoubtedly the most elegant, the most dignified, the most beautiful of all of the portraits that come out of Egypt in the New Kingdom. And in some ways, she's far more beautiful than the well-known bust of Nefertiti. Um, it is clearly a portrait. It was carved with the utmost of care and delicacy. And you can see that she's a woman in her middle age who maybe has the start of a double chin, but has the most perfect nose and the most perfect cheekbones, uh, the, the most beautiful eyes of any sculpture from any time in, in, the, in world art, I mean, to this day. She is a rare and precious object that almost never travels, and we were given permission to borrow it. Um, the director of that museum, uh, Dietrich, Bildung um, is very strongly behind this exhibition and he agreed to let us borrow this treasure that is one of the high points of his museum's installation. You learned a lot about the collector and patron James Simon while putting this exhibition together. What is for you the most fascinating fact of his life? I've, I've steeped myself in, in the history of Germany at the time. And, uh, you know, I've read a lot of, uh, about 
what society was like at that time in uh, financial situations. And I think I would have to say, despite his enormous wealth, and he was one of the wealthiest men in all of Germany, he remained a humble man. He was someone who was um, able to to be part of um, well uh, the 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 world of the Kaiser and the aristocratic world and you know the wealthy um, the bourgeois lifestyle. And yet, at the same time, he was completely approachable, especially by children. He absolutely adored children. He was a kind man. He was a good man. People would approach him and say, we need help with um, you know, people coming from Eastern Europe and, and emigrating and coming into Berlin, and they have no place to go. He'd immediately write a check. This was a man who uh, charity uh, up to his ability, which was re very great, was a major part of his life. And despite the day, the fact that every day he went off to work at Gebrüder Simon, he still had in his mind the need to benefit others. And, you know, when I look at the photographs of him and I read about his life, he did it with a certain humility, which I think is a major part of who he was. Finally, in today's world, where it is said you have the world a mouse click away, how important are for you such exhibitions like this one, the cultural exchange behind it? Well, you know, uh, it, it, what you see in, um, on your computer screen is very nice and you can learn a lot about what's happening in world events and where the great treasures are, in what museums, in which collections, and, and um, you know, who is putting together which exhibition. But there's nothing like actually seeing the real objects in front of you and especially when, when uh, they're installed in a way that takes them from their usual context into um, a new way of, of showing the art. I mean, there's nothing like going to see an exhibition. This is the first exhibition that I've worked on that focuses on a collector, a collector, a connoisseur, a patron, um, rather than a theme. Um, oh, my most recent Egyptian exhibition was about Hatshepsut, the great queen from the early New Kingdom, um, and I borrowed from 21 different museums. How, how, can you, how can you see these objects? I mean, you, even sitting in front of your computer, you're not going to see um, such a collection of objects that tell the story, that reconstruct ancient times. With James Seaman, we're trying to reconstruct his generosity, and we're not focusing on one museum, but nine different museums. The exhibition, The State Museums of Berlin and the Legacy of James Simon, is running until January 18th. For more information, please visit legionofhonor.org.
That was today's Radio Goethe magazine. You can find us online at radiogoethe.org. There you can also listen again to this program and subscribe to our free podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Arndt Peltner. Mm-hmm.